0: This episode is brought to you by Storyblocks, a video production company reimagining stock media. Hi, everyone. I'm Lloyd. And I'm Ash. And welcome to the Creator Hub for the Culture. Every week, we share content to help you level up on your journey as a creator. Today, we're gonna be talking about two things. We're gonna talk about success with brands as well as our creator goals for the month of March. Um, Before we dive in, I just wanna give a big thanks to Kat Young for hopping on a call with me to share her feedback of the podcast. You can actually do that too. There's a Calendly link in the show notes. You can book a 15-minute call. I'd love to understand why you listen to the podcast and how we can improve it. Two things before we dive in. Um, I just want to also let you know that you can now vote if you're listening on Spotify. You can go to the bottom of your podcast and use the QA feature to vote um, on the next color that I'm going to be dyeing my hair. Because Ashley got the same hair color as me, I'm now going to have to like change my no, hair color. No, that's not what happened. So you can choose. Um, I have a few options. I think it's like blonde, black, brown, and something else. But make sure you vote because I'd love your input.
1: That's not what happened. Just so everyone knows, we went to the same stylist. And I wanted to get my hair colored. But I knew I didn't want anything permanent. I didn't want to bleach my hair or anything like that. And so she just did like a semi permanent and was like, let's just see how light it gets. And we'll just you know, if you want to go lighter the next time we'll do more. And so you know, based on how light it got, I had, you know, natural raw hair, you know, no, no bleaching, no processing, no dyes, no, no fillers, all the good things, you know, so just full natural hair. Because of that, it only went so light. And so by the time she was done, I realized me and my husband looked like brother and sister. So it's been a problem because it's been almost seven months, that we've had the exact same hair color and it gets awkward, you know. In elevators, people ask us like, Wait, did y'all and I always have to be like, It was an accident, it wasn't on purpose, and we're not related. So it's a thing. So yes, please vote. Um, so we can stop looking like we're in a illegal marriage. Thank you.
0: Yeah, so maybe you should be the one changing your color, because technically I had this mm. first, but whatever. Um We'll make it, we'll make it work. Um, So uh, I want to talk to you about something that I've been feeling and I want to get your opinion on it. I thought, I feel like at first, right, I was in this position where it was like, gosh, I want to work with brands. That's all I want to do. I want to get to a point where I can work with brands. And now I feel like that I am working with brands. I feel like my next thought is i want the content i create for them to actually perform well the challenge is the bulk majority of the brands i've been working with the content i've been creating on social it has not been performing well and so i think like there's two sort of like ways i've been thinking about it the first is like the first side of the coin is like as creators we all should be doing as much as we can to make sure that like we are creating an audience that's engaged. That we we all should be trying to create an a, a, an audience like Keith Lee, where we know, like you know what, like it's like legit, it's verified. If I collaborate with a brand, it's gonna perform super well. I get that. Like we all we all want that, and we all are, are striving towards that. But the other side of the coin is like, to some degree, I think I need to accept that like if I work with a brand and. It doesn't sell out a lot or a lot of people don't sign up, for instance, with like my promo code or whatever, that that there's only so much like ownership I can take for that. Like I can't get like caught up in thinking like this is solely my responsibility. But I will say that that's been like messing with my head these last few weeks as I like engage with more brands. It's just like it doesn't feel good to me collaborating with other people and not seeing the desired result that I want it.
1: Right. Um, I can understand that. I think it's a few things. I definitely think it's hard. Obviously, people like Keith Lee, what's the one thing we all have to do? We all have to eat. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Right. So I don't want to say his job is easier, because obviously, he's a beloved person and brand like um, people come because they really genuinely care about him as well. But I do feel like some, some niches are harder to foster and build brand loyalty than others. Um, and I definitely think this podcasting thing is more of a marathon than a sprint, right? And I, I think you have to keep that in mind, you know, um, even with like your TikTok, your TikTok page, you know, grew over time, you know, pretty quickly. And then after a while, it kind of like leveled off. And it's been like really slow to build from there, even though you consistently have put out really great content. And what's the reason for that? I, I don't know. Like I genuinely don't know. Everywhere you go, and when you talk to people, they always say that it's helpful, they enjoy what you do. So it's like, it gets to a point, like you said, where there's only so much you can do. Um, But then just understanding like the niche that you're in, like this is a marathon and not a sprint, it's going to take time. And podcasting in general, um, still has so much room for growth in America and globally. So it wouldn't be fair, in my opinion, for people to expect your return of how many people use your promo code and how many people, it wouldn't be fair to expect that to be, you know, this huge, insane number. Honestly, for any podcaster, unless they're already huge and have hundreds of thousands of downloads a month and maybe they've built this cult following, um, which most of those people started on YouTube anyway and and transferred all that traffic onto their podcast. So I, I don't think it's realistic for any brand to feel like, um, a new and budding creator um, on the plat- on the podcasting platform should be able to translate into these like millions or even hundreds of thousands or thousands of dollars in sales. I I think this is more of a long game. And when brands work with you, I think they also see you the same way. I think they see you as an investment. I don't think they're looking at gosh, this guy has twelve thousand followers on TikTok and. Twelve thousand people haven't used the the promo code that we gave him. Like, be for real. Like, be for <laughs> for real. So I think they're aware of that. Obviously, they're smart. They work with creators all the time. They work with ad companies all the time. Like, they understand that this is an investment and that it's a long game. And if they're willing to continue to shell out the coin, I sure won't have a problem spending it.
0: Yeah, and if I'm if I'm being like ultra frank I wonder too if maybe I feel this way because I'm black because I do think that like as black creators we're constantly saying like brands don't work with us brands don't work with us and then when brands do give us an opportunity we feel like we have to like overdo like I constantly feel like if I'm doing a video for someone, this has to be the most amazing video. It has to be the best experience they've ever had so that not only do they feel like, see, I knew this was like a good idea, but also so that like they come back and I feel like I just build up so much like pressure on myself when maybe they don't even put that pressure on me, right? Right. Um, I, I I do I was uh, chatting with like a, a brand I worked with like last month and that specific campaign like uh, of all the creators they worked with I think it was like maybe like six or seven different creators I was the creator with the smallest following and so obviously because I had the least number of followers my campaign performed the least in terms of getting people to convert um, and so I was talking to the lady that was like running the campaign and she was like interested in working together again like next month and that wasn't even something I was gonna like ask her about because I knew that like my campaign didn't perform well so it was just like to me like what's the point of trying to convince someone else if I feel like I didn't get them the results this time so when she asked me like oh we loved your campaign we want to work together next month I was so caught off guard um but also uh I I I asked her specifically like why in a very nice and professional way like why they were interested in collaborating again Um, and part of what she said was just that like um even though your campaign performed the least analytic and the call we were on was to discuss the analytics of like the campaign so even though like my campaign performed the least he said like my content was the most beloved by some of like their team members some of the people that saw it they felt like it most reflected their brand and so they were okay saying like you know what like at the very least we got like a really dope video out of this and that's like that's cool with us Um, and so it just had me thinking about like all the different ways to think about like brand sponsorships because I feel like as creators we only get like one angle one perspective which is how did it perform we don't have insight into sort of like the conversations happening behind the doors
1: right and I mean that's a lot of pressure to just put on the creator to to like make this work as well like with the metrics I'm curious like was that something discussed when you first started working with them as far as before you sign your contract and stuff, did they tell you like what the expectations were with the work that you all were doing or?
0: No. And that's the other thing that makes it a bit difficult. I, I think like with every single campaign I've done, I've never been told a baseline. And so when I started to see the numbers coming in, I don't really like, I don't know what are you expecting to happen with this campaign? And maybe that's something I should be asking before we start. Like, what are you hoping happens with this campaign? Um, just across the board, like, I don't know what success is or what it's not.
1: Yeah, that's fair. Um, I don't know. I feel like in some ways it'd be interesting to know. And then in other ways, like I wouldn't care. (laughs) Like, Like if you reached out to me, you see the number of followers I have. Like clearly there's something about my work ethic and the work that I do that is enticing you to reach out. Like you're not expecting me to have the my brand to have the strength of someone who has five million followers and honestly there are people who have five million followers and can't get 500 people to buy anything so that doesn't really mean anything but um I think overall you're on the right path I think it's easy to feel insecure or intimidated by a lack of perceived success based on numbers but we all know especially as black people like numbers don't ever tell the whole story um ever and the fact that that particular brand wanted you to come back um and like spoke to the quality of your video over the other follower i mean the other creators that they use that were way bigger to me that says a lot that says a lot Um, And on top of that, the videos that you made were posted to their platforms, right? Not to mine. To yours? Okay. (laughs) Okay. Um, I'd be curious to know what would happen if it was posted to their platforms too, like how it would perform side by side with like a larger creator um, with the quality of video that you create. You know, if it was a true apples to apples comparison, like, that's what would be interesting to me. But yeah. if you're posted to your page with way, way less followers than the next person, to me, that's not a strong indicator, you know? Um, so yeah, I I think, oh, and speaking on the thing that you said about being black and just this feeling of like, man, I have to do well, I have to really perform because if I don't, they won't hire me back and then they won't hire other black people. Um, I feel like if that was a brand's intention all along, then they were they would be setting you up to fail, because if you're wanting to compare apples to apples, you could should really compare true apples to apples, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. Like I I like I've said before, I strongly believe that what's for you is for you, and that there's nothing in this world that and I say this to all our listeners like. I mean this for all of us. There's nothing in this world that people can give or withhold from you. Like, everything that you're going to receive in this life is, like, already, in my opinion, like, ordained to be yours. Like, people aren't giving you anything, you know? Like, even if it's a chance or an opportunity, like, they're being an instrument for God to bless you, you know? So if we change how our perspective is about things, then we realize we're never losing out on anything. You know, we're never, oh my gosh, if this is my only chance, that's a lie. Like, that's not true. And as long as you stay focused and continue to, do the things that feel right and true to you, like you're always gonna win. You just need to have a true understanding of what winning means. And I feel like for so long, we've allowed celebrities and all these other people to define for us what winning means. And winning doesn't mean that we're all millionaires and we all drive luxury vehicles and that's not winning. And I feel like some people are kind of waking up to that, but I hope more do like, have a paradigm shift and like a conversation with yourself to really define what does winning mean to you? Because honestly, I'd rather have my peace. Like I'd rather have my peace. I'd rather um, just have real happiness. And not all the things associated with success bring you that, you know, like you said, you've been anxious and overwhelmed and like, no, like you're living your dream. You shouldn't have a mom- moments where you're constantly feeling like this, you know? So um, when you get into those spaces, and for anyone who can relate, when you get into those spaces, like, take a breath, you know, take a moment and really question yourself out loud and realize, wait a minute, why am I allowing this to do this to me? Number one, I'm living my dream. You know, even if it's on the side or part time, I'm living my dream. And if this is something that I feel inspired and passionate about and what I'm here to do then why am I letting the pressures of this stuff get to me?
0: Yeah, I want to 1,000% agree. And I think, like, I'm starting to hear more creators think about, the like, their approach to creating content and their business and their career that way. And it's definitely something, like, I want to strive towards. Because I've been in this, like, Brand performance mindset. I think, like, I've just been like spending a lot of time this week thinking about this. And the last realization I want to share is just that, like, sometimes when um, a brand is selling something to a consumer, they use what's called touch points, which is the number of times you engage with that specific brand. Maybe you see an Instagram post, maybe you see a billboard, maybe you see a commercial when you're scrolling on Instagram. And so you may need a hundred different touch points before you buy this thing. From this brand. And so when they're sponsoring your content or paying you to do something, they know that, you know what, like Lloyd is not going to be the person that engages with this, but Lloyd is going to get 100 people to see it, which is like just one, the one more touch point we need to get this person from 99 to 100. And so I think in like this big, master plan, and I used to do this when I was in corporate too, I would feel kind of like, I like out interviewed like the person hiring me or like, I like outsmarted them to like sponsor me. Um, but the people that are running these campaigns and the people that are, are hiring me are very smart, like you just said, and they know what they're doing. And so just like trusting them to do what they do and doing what I do best, which is like create content and, and not worrying about how it performs. But, um, this is something I wanted to talk about and I'm glad like we spoke about it cause I do feel better about it. Um, Anything else before I move on to the next thing?
1: Yeah, I was just saying, I think because you can be kind of intense about it, maybe you should just practice disassociating with the work, kind of how a paid actor would, you know, like for a regular fast food commercial, whatever kind of commercial, like no one's saying, oh my gosh, this pizza didn't sell because (laughs) the actor they hired only had 200 followers on Instagram. Like Obviously, it's not the exact same thing, but try to just work on like separating yourself from the outcome and just knowing that I'm going to put my best foot forward. I'm going to give it everything I have and then what will be will be. And I think, I don't know, maybe it'll help take some of the pressure off as well.
0: Hey, thanks for listening. We'll be right back. I've been creating content now for a little over a year. During that time, I've learned a lot about the types of videos that perform well. One thing is for certain, you need to make your videos as engaging as possible, and I have a very easy and cost efficient way to make that happen. I'd like to introduce you to my latest sponsor, Storyblocks. Storyblocks is a video production platform that reimagines stock media to support a rapid video creation with a truly unlimited model and easy to use tools that help you exceed your business goals by using video. There are really three big reasons why I think you should check out Storyblocks. With the exception of my video editor, Shane, none of us listening are professional video editors. Storyblocks provides thousands of professional pre-made motion graphics. Storyblocks has a plugin that allows you to bring the entire Storybook library into Premiere Pro and After Effects. Now, my lawyer said I couldn't say their name, but I recently worked with and I got charged a million different fees, which is why I love that Storyblocks has predictable subscriptions. Other sites operate using paperclip pricing. Storyblocks is one of the only tools that gives you monthly or annual plans with no hidden fees. I think Storyblocks could help you level up as a creator, which is the reason I decided to partner with them. Make sure you go to storyblocks.com slash creatorhub. That's S-T-O-R-Y-B-L-O-C-K-S dot com slash creatorhub. C R E A T O R H U B. You can also find the link in the show notes. Yo, welcome back. Let's get back into it. The next thing I want to talk about and um is our goals uh for March. Um and so it always takes me like a few days to calculate these, which is why we don't do it at the top of the month, but the first goal was to is to get to fifty thousand dollars in brand deals and sponsorship. Last month we were at four thousand four thousand five hundred and seventy-five. This in March we were at six thousand one hundred and ninety-nine. So we made twelve hundred dollars. That twelve hundred dollars includes one six hundred dollar engagement to create two TikTok videos and one newsletter. It also includes six hundred dollars um, for a month long sponsorship in the newsletter and podcast. So, I mean, like, I'm I'm like, sure, like I'm happy with that. Like I'm happy that it's like more. Um, I think there's a lot of like work that we did in March that we'll get paid for in April. So then we'll be able to count that. But I am happy with like the forward progress. Uh, Spoiler alert of our four goals. This is the only category where we went up, where we made more (laughs) money. So it's only like down from here, not literally, but yeah. Uh, So that was the first goal. Um, $1,200 in the month of March for our second goal is to get to 10,000 people in our email newsletter. We were in. We were at five hundred and twenty-one in February. Now we are at four hundred and seventy-nine. This is the second month where our email newsletter has <laughs> went down. <laughs> in January, it was at five hundred and fifty or seventy, and it went down to five hundred and twenty-one in February. We're now at four seventy-nine. Basically, the reason I did this is because I was watching a YouTube video. And I saw another guy that had an email list of 50,000 people and he had an open rate of 80%. And so when I saw that, I instantly emailed Alex, who's the guy that like helps us manage our newsletter. And I was like, delete everyone from the email newsletter that hasn't opened an email in the last 10 emails. So if if you've gotten 10 emails and you haven't opened any of the 10, you are basically not in the list anymore. So it went down. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then the third goal is to get to 10,000 monthly podcast downloads. We were at 1,590 in February in March, we're at 1,531. This is actually pretty good because what yeah. got us in February was the whole like new and noteworthy thing. Yeah. Um, and the fact that like we only went down by 60 without like any being featured anywhere, it means a lot of those subscribers kind of stuck around.
1: Yeah, no, that's pretty cool. Because before you were featured on New and no- Noteworthy, what was your average down?
0: It was about three to 400 per month
1: that's insane it's just crazy what a little bit of promotion from the right place can do for a small creator for small creators like us so definitely guys like always be um filling out those forms to be featured as creators on the spotify one apple like just shoot your shot every single month you can keep applying to be featured and we should be doing it more often as well um because as you all can see, like uh, every little bit helps.
0: Um, the fourth goal was, in our. for those of you that may not know, we have a business called Podman where we will basically become your podcast admins and we'll manage your podcast for you. Our goal is to make 10000 in monthly reoccurring revenue for this business. In February, we were at 4952 In March, we are now at $4,400. Um, I, I will say, like, I think, like, Ash does most of, like, the management of the actual business, and I'm kind of on, like, the sales side. So I do feel like, technically speaking, I could be a little more aggressive in, like, getting more clients. But um, overall, this isn't, like, too bad because we still have, like, revenue coming in.
1: And y'all, have y'all ever seen somebody gung-ho, excited, start a business, and then three weeks later just be completely over it and moving on with their life? And basically just dropped the whole company in somebody else's lap. That's pretty much what happened. (laughs) Um, I was enjoying life, right? I was enjoying just floating about, doing my own thing. In my semi-retirement phase from leaving the tech sales world. And trying to figure out what I was going to be with my life. And what I was going to do with my life, rather. And Lloyd just kind of slowly... I just looked up one day and realized, wait a minute, you don't do anything. I do all the work.
0: I helped you. I gave you something to do.
1: I had something to do. I was writing my pilot.
0: Yeah. Oh, by the way, how's that going? Really? Because you, <laughs> yeah, you introduced um, it to the podcast. The yeah, well,
1: Podman is my life now, yeah. so that I don't get paid for.
0: You get paid in lots of love.
1: I don't know workers' rights. Should I start a union? <laughs> join a union? I don't know, but it's getting to the point where it's very. There are some very questionable work practices um, over here at Creator Hub, but we'll we'll talk about that on another on my podcast. I'm starting to expose. Yeah. But um, we'll get into that. <laughs> later. Yeah,
0: we'll have to. Uh, we'll make it happen. Um, but generally, like speaking, they're like, how do you feel about these? goals. I think like our goals for the year are pretty big in general. Mm-hmm. And I think we're now at like the first quarter is over. How would you say you're feeling about everything you just heard?
1: Um I feel fine. The money goal that we have, which is like what, forty, It's fifty thousand. Fifty thousand and we're at six thousand.
0: Technically if we were on track we'd be at thirteen thousand. If we were going in a more linear tracking.
1: Yeah, I'm not worried about the money goal. I think we'll hit that um, between everything that we have going on. But the only one I'm probably concerned about is this newsletter subscriber one, the 10K. um, Because... You'd be slicing people out the newsletter left and right. Oh, you didn't open last week? Okay, okay, you can go. No, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> uh,
0: and I will say for the newsletter, I did hire. Um Someone that is going to be helping us with Facebook ads, um, and so I do think, like in the months to come, we're going to start investing more in like sponsoring other newsletters, other podcasts. By the way, if you have a podcast and you want us to sponsor it, let us know because that might be a way we can get new subscribers.
1: Yeah, for sure. So that's the only that's the only one where I'm like, e- I don't know if we're going to hit 10k yeah. this year, but honestly, with all of this stuff, like I'm I'm having fun. Aside from the times when you stress me out and we're recording our weekly episode at seven in the morning on the day it's supposed to be released because you procrastinated. Aside from that, I'm having fun. So if we don't hit any of these goals, like I just enjoy that we work together. I get to be mostly behind the scenes, which is what I prefer. And um, you're helping people and you enjoy what you do. So even if we don't, you know, necessarily hit them, I'm i'm cool i don't pay the bills so i ain't stressed about nothing
0: yeah i i think i'm not also stressed i think the only one i'm concerned about is like the i think people underestimate like how hard it is to get like podcast downloads it's very 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 hard um, and, so and
1: newsletter subscribers, yeah, it's really hard. It
0: is, and I think like even if you do get them, then you got to worry about like we're retaining. not even retaining them, like making sure the content is good so they enjoy it. So it's like even if you do get five thousand downloads, who's even know how many of those would stay, you know? So I, I I'd say like I'm a little concerned about like getting to ten thousand podcast downloads. I feel a little better about the newsletter because I know that like. Our newsletter has kind of states it's decreased a little but we haven't done anything to grow it like we've literally just been like letting it exist um and so and i feel like the content is really really good So I'm excited about that. Um, If you're listening to this podcast, we really, really appreciate it. Um, You are part of what makes this so fun, um, and I appreciate you uh, engaging with our content. Um, It would mean the world to me if you could leave a review on Apple or Spotify so that we know how this uh, podcast is impacting you. Peace. Bye.